In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. And here with us today in studio is our second Mosman to be featured on the show. This is Mr. Joel T. Mosman. Hello. (laughs) Go ahead and introduce yourself since I already did it. Yeah, tell us who you are because I don't really really know you that well. Well, my name is Joel T. Mosman. Uh, I'm a performer, musician, also a father, uh, which I'm very proud of, and a husband. Just a regular guy, really. I drive a semi-truck. Uh, Do you really? Yes. Yep. That's, that's your day job? Mm-hmm. I yep. didn't know that. Drive a semi and uh, drive to ranches all over the state, actually, and a uh, college student. So, Currently uh, a college student? Yes. I'm actually in school for uh, to be a teacher right now, history education major. Ooh. Yeah. So, and you're living all the way up there in Guthrie, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Go to school at UCO. So uh, the... Uh, I take a lot of online classes. So so you're kind of the, the average, all-around, good old Oklahoma boy. Commoner, right. Commoner. Commoner. That's right. So why, why did we have you on? Why are you here? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> if you're just an everyday joke, well, I was stumbling down the street, and I was knocking on these doors, just trying to find a place to hang out. No. <laughs> trying to find a place to eat. <laughs> no, uh, well... Uh, I wrote this song called Talking Oklahoma Blues, and it's about a metaphorical tornado that comes raging through a guy's house. And uh, it tells a story about how he ended up in, in jail because of it and uh, <laughs> hints on some economical issues in the state. And uh, uh, so John invited me on to play uh, the song. Well, it's very much um, uh part of what is going on right now in the state of our state, things not being so great. It seems so is a great state or what? No, (laughs) not really, actually. Oklahoma is not okay. Oklahoma is not okay. And this song embodies that. Yeah, well, you know, I think Oklahoma is a great state. I just think that, um, well, some people in it might not be so great. And there's also some not so great decisions that are being made. Right, right. Actually, this song I wrote, you know, I write all kinds of songs, and I wrote it, and it, it's one of the songs, some of the songs I'll work on for years, uh, I'll work on for six years or seven years before they're done. Some of them are never finished. This is one of them that just kind of purged out of me one day, and it just all was on paper in front of me, and I just started singing it. And my wife, uh, it's probably about a year old, and my wife, uh, Dana, she said, you really need to record that and put it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did, and it seemed like quite a few people. Well, you've got like over, it, so. I think, uh, 3,000 views on it by now. Yeah. I yeah. think. Something um, like that. So, that. so that's been around for a year. 
I uh, thought it was just something you recently did. No, no, so. no. I wrote it a year ago. Oh, oh, oh. What's the name of the song again? The Talkin' Oklahoma Blues. Talkin' Oklahoma Blues. It's called Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> you may have heard of it. Skinner, man. <laughs> but, you know, it, it does, though. Um, and just to let the audience know out there, Joel will be playing for us here pretty soon, that, that song. Um, but it, it has a Woody Guthrie kind of feel to it. Guthrie-esque. Yeah, Woody Guthrie-esque. Bob Dylan-ish. Yeah. I tried to work in a yodel in it. <laughs> but uh, it takes a, a certain quality of human being to be able to yodel. I tell my daughter, I tell her that, uh, you know, she can go out on her first date when her boyfriend comes to the house and is able to yodel. And uh, I figure if he's able to wow. yodel well, then that means that he's talented enough to take out my daughter. And it also means that he's probably nerdy enough to <laughs> to not try anything stupid. Have you He'll be able that? to add that part to your song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that chicken yodel video coming across Facebook? I've posted it a couple of times. I don't think so. It's, uh, yeah, it's old It's old news. Is it old? We, we don't want to talk about it anymore. Nobody wants to hear about the chicken. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm going home. This is ruined. My day. <laughs> I was... John's trying to teach his chickens really how to yodel. Excited. But no, it's like this... It's like this... He's like... Looks like... A Chinese dude, and he's wearing this sort of traditional alpine garb, and he's uh, strutting around like a chicken in these alpine mountains with a bunch of with a bunch of chickens, and he's doing the chicken yodel, and he calls himself the yodelmeister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that Actually, like the guy who calls in the cattle with a trombone? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what was the original inspiration to write this song? I mean, like, did some, you said it just kind of welled up on you one day. Like, yeah. did something happen, you think, that triggered that? Or was it just the, that well, spark of random inspiration? I think it may have been. I think it may have been just another tornado season. When did the, the tornado came through and it went through <clears throat> El Reno? And I think the same day, one went through Shawnee there and tore down that trailer park down uh, over yeah, by the that lake. Was, was that May 20th the same as the, yes. the big tornado and more? Yeah. Yeah. And that may have been the inspiration for it because I was, uh, I do a lot of, I have a voice recorder and uh, I'll, I'll hit record while I'm at my stop and uh, I'll start driving and I'll just kind of talk lyrics or sing lyrics, you know, and write my songs in that way. And at the time, uh, I was in Clinton. And on days like that, I always try to keep an ear on the radio to make sure that there's no tornadoes in the path because a lot of the places I go, there's nowhere to run and hide, mm -hmm. really. And we were in the process of buying a storm shelter, too, at our house, and we were talking about how they were really expensive. And uh, so I was driving on I-40 from Clinton to Oklahoma City, and you could see the dark storm clouds uh, coming into El Reno, and I, you could hear it on the, on the radio. David Payne was talking about the uh, um, the tornado coming in. I think Storm Chaser was killed that day too. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that, uh, in that El Reno tornado. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so that that was kind of the inspiration for it. Um, I, w I went around and, and helped out a little bit in Shawnee just with w with what I could do, and I just remember seeing things like like uh, a bunch of cedar trees and uh, um, just like splinters of wood all over the place and uh so i just th started thinking about some comparisons and uh um there's a line in the song that says i ain't got no frady hole because i'm broke like henry dave thoreau <laughs> and my walden pond is just a dried up hole and i was thinking about that because we we're trying to buy a storm shelter because we just we just had molly and uh my daughter and uh she was 
less than a year old at the time and uh driving all over the state it scared me to death thinking about my little girl back at home without a tornado shelter so those are just kind of some of the emotions Mm -hmm. and kind of what was happening to me when i was seeing that that storm coming in from uh driving from clinton to oklahoma city it was it was really interesting because you see a tornado coming in, or you see, you see those storms from two different angles. Most of the time when we see them, especially here in central Oklahoma, we're seeing them coming towards us, you mm-hmm, know? That's right. It, it's kind of a different perspective to see them from the other side and seeing them moving away. And I was headed right for El Reno, and I had to pull over there uh, in, in, in Clinton or Weatherford um, and just wait it out and, you know, uh, hope that my sisters in Oklahoma yeah. City were okay, and hope that my family in Shawnee was going to be okay, and uh, and that just got me thinking about all the other st- stuff that happens, and then it just kind of all just worked itself out in in song form. So. Well, and the, the and the song, the character kind of goes on what almost seems like this sort of like adventure along uh, the you know draconian bureaucratic sort of you know life that. A person can get stuck on whenever they become somebody in need. Yeah, it's basically it's like the the sky's falling in on him, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's 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 terrible because that is something that a lot of people go through. A lot of people are really victims of of bureaucracy. I hate to use the word victim. Well, and also a little bit of capitalism as well because of the, you know, um, medical industry. Oh, yeah. The doctors and the prescriptions and meds and all that. There's a a lot involved with all that. And actually, speaking of bureaucracy, there's some hope in this too, I think. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, I think I was talking to you about it, Rachel, actually. It, it was um, my sister Rachel Moses. Yeah, so for room. those listening at home, <laughs> his sister Rachel is sitting We have an audience. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about bureaucracy and how, um, yeah, how, it, how it can be um, intense bureaucracy in itself can be oppressive, I think. Uh, to 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 the commoner, uh, it can also it, it is also extremely necessary in some situations. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we can benefit from it in some ways as sort of, uh, I mean, kind of renegades. So let me give you an example. Renegades, I like that. Yeah. Well, so there's an R. I don't know if it's still there, but there's an RV in the Walmart parking lot in Guthrie, Oklahoma, that's been parked there for probably about two weeks. And I think about that RV and I'm just like, you know, it's gone totally under the radar. In the meantime, Walmart's so busy thinking about, you know, uh, um, uh, how they're going to um, increase profits and uh, decrease expenditures and how they're going to arrange their store in this way that they don't realize that there's a family living in an RV in their parking lot. There was a case on the news where somebody had died. I don't know if it was in Oklahoma. I saw, yeah. Somebody died I in their car that. in the Walmart parking lot, <laughs> and nobody even knew about it. And that's just kind of one of the things. And it was can, there for, for like three months. Yeah, for yeah. Like, for like an extraordinary long time yeah. for a dead body to go unnoticed yeah, in the parking lot. absolutely. And that's just kind of one of the things. I mean, the dead body is kind of a bad example of that. Well, yeah. But, I mean, you could sneak under the radar of bureaucracy. You can benefit from it in certain ways. Right, they're so Actually, tied up in their process. They don't. 
Yeah. Stop for one second to look. And that makes me think of uh, actually the book behind you, The Ultimate (laughs) Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) It talks about that in that same book with the, uh, what are those aliens called? The Vogons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and the the Vogons are going to come tear down Earth. And they said, well, the plans have been on file and display on this planet forever. Just like how Arthur Dent, before his house gets torn down, they tell him where the plans have been on display in the basement of this building of your local bureaucracy for like, you know, a year now. And. Which is, which is, that's the side of it that's bad for us because in those cases, there's this policy. It's like, oh, you could have spoken up against this mm-hmm. had you gone to the appropriate office at the appropriate time to talk to the appropriate person to file the appropriate complaint and get it in the system. But you didn't. So now the bureaucratic yeah. machine gets to roll over you. And well, that's very Kafka-esque. Thing in, that, <laughs> in that book where um, they call it another person's problem field. And it's another <laughs> way of flying under the radar. You can... You can do something that's, you know, against the law or completely insane, but people will ignore you because it's not their problem. Or there could be a dead body in a car for three months and no one says anything because it's not their problem. So they just look away and you become invisible. You know, that's interesting because that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, People are so consumed in, in, in what's going on in their own lives, which is important. You know, I have a family too, and I have a job too, and I have things that I need to take care of, and I need to make sure that those things are taken care of. And I I handle the responsibilities that I have. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to our neighbors, to our community, and to our state. And I think that is one of our biggest problems in Oklahoma right now, or even as a nation. So when I I think about this, um, I I think about the more that I can help out my neighbors in any way and just being present for them in, 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 in time, you know, just giving my time to them or helping them out with something or supporting my local business or supporting a local charity or anything like that. The more I can be involved in something like this, the stronger I can make the community or the stronger anyone else can make their community. And when you have strong communities, you, you cultivate strong leadership and you have strong voters and you have people that are more involved in the legislative process. And when that happens, that's when you start seeing solutions at a state level. So I'm going to say this and it's, it's kind of off the wall, but a lot of people think that the government's failing us, but I really think what it is is we're failing the government when we're not being involved in our communities, when we're not being involved with our legislators and going in and talking to them or writing them emails or, or just being involved at that level, then we're the ones that are failing. Now, as a concession, uh, you know, to the, to the, the regular voter, uh, blue collar Joe, you know, the truck driver like me, I mean, I have to work 60, 70 hours a week uh, in, in order to handle my responsibilities. I don't have time to be as, as uh, involved in the community or uh, in, in the, um, the legislative process as much as I would like to be, as much as I feel like we all need to be, you know? And that's where that, it's, it's like a cycle, you know? That's where that, that, that comes into where I, I go back focused on my own self. Well, every man's for himself. Every man should take care of his own, his own thing. But I think... It, it, even though we do have a responsibility to go in and engage with our legislators, I think we do just have some genuinely poor leaders. Yes, right. absolutely. 
but you could also trace that back to we have those poor leaders because we failed to act to put good leaders in. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there's so many like, people out there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to straight party voters. Uh, I'll vote for my party's candidate, even if it's Satan himself. Right. Voters. Um, all These are the ones that get me because, I mean, I have a lot of the same political views as, as these people. Um uh, all incumbent out. You see that a lot on mm-hmm. Facebook right now. And I mean, you guys could attest to this. You don't want all incumbent out because no, there generally are no, some I want to keep leaders. my representative. Yeah, right now, what's going on in my, my legislators, I want them right where they are. Exactly. exactly I'm not in that same position. I'm so baffled <laughs> right, by... You're, you're not. I'm baffled by it. the strength of people's political beliefs. Like, why do you have to believe so hard in politics when you don't even really engage that much? Right. Why well, are you so dedicated to these beliefs instead of I, just working to find a solution? Right, why do you exactly. have to lose if you take on another viewpoint? Yeah. I think it's kind of along those lines of the straight party thing. Like, I think we've gotten, like, even at this point, I have a I have problems identifying myself as any party. I yeah, am a registered too. Democrat, but yeah. I have I even have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Like, I'm just kind of like, why don't we just, Nobody I feel like lines. somebody, I think we get lost in those labels. Like we do. Absolutely. People are so convinced that I should be a Republican. I have Republican beliefs, so I'm going to be a Republican or vice versa. And they just get lost. In it. It's and, divisive. And it's they, they, they put that trust. Because of the division. They put the trust in the higher level of the Republican party to say everybody in that party is going to be somebody I should be voting for, mm-hmm. which is obviously not the case. And that swings both ways. It has nothing to do with Republican versus Democrat. I, I've seen the failure on both sides. But I think right now that's, it seems to me like sometimes we just get lost in this rhetoric of the label. Like, yeah. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if I'm a liberal. I don't care what that is. Like, what this person said is crazy. What do you value and what are you doing about it? Right. Yeah. No. I, I respect someone even if, if, if I disagree with um, one of their beliefs, but I respect them if they're doing something about that belief. You know, I, ha- I actually right. have a different song that I wrote and it's called Get Up and it's about um, uh, um, – Talk about love, talk about hate, talk about the whole human race. But basically, what are you going to do about what you right. believe in? And, and and so many people just don't, you know. And uh, how do we get them to do that? Yeah. You know? I mean, I think the biggest thing we need to fix first and foremost is this stuff that's like 12% voter turnout. Right. Like, I don't care what what you're if you want to elect the freaking spaghetti monster as governor i don't care go and vote because we can't we're not getting anything done at 12 percent. because what happens it seems like i've heard pieces of this is whoever the legislators are they're in these offices in a lot of cases they're human beings and so something gets brought in front of them and it's some crazy bill somebody proposed and they look at it and they go i don't know what to do about this so they rely on hearing something from someone, preferably their constituents. But what ends up happening is the constituents don't get engaged. So the only person that ends up walking in their office and saying anybody the is lobbyist. the lobbyist yep. who was sent to that office to support that bill. And, okay. and so then that person goes, well, the only thing I've heard is this person saying yes. So I guess it's yes. And if it was just like if the other constituents or whoever would come in and say, hey, actually, no, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's like the state question 777, the right to farm, you know, even bills that are being presented like, oh, it's right to farm. It's right. Right. Just the way it's, it's presented. Like, no, no, no. That's, that's double speak. Yeah. That's, that's very, very dangerous. And if you actually ask people, uh, hey, if this happened, how would that affect you? you the story you get is it would destroy me. Mm-hmm. And it's the people that are being destroyed that we don't want. To be and that's destroyed. another thing to think about is that bill in, in particular is, is an ALEC bill. That's a bill that's right. not even written by our legislators. It's a bill that's written by corporate entities yep. that gather in back rooms and figure all this stuff out. They write the bill and then they go and give it to a legislator who takes it and then presents it as their own. So we've even got people that are writing bills that aren't even elected officials. Yeah. These things crack, they crack me up too, because there's been several laws uh, passed recently that are essentially, <laughs> we know what's better for our future That's self right. than our future self knows. Right. And, and, <laughs> and I posted uh, something on, on Twitter the other day, and it said, uh, if I were governor, uh, I would make it illegal to make things in the future <laughs> illegal or something like that (laughs) (laughs) because it's ridiculous how do you know what's going to happen in the future you know how how do you know uh, what kind of agriculture industries are going to come to Oklahoma and what we're going to have to prevent from that and I mean there is loopholes uh, in it supposedly designed to protect the state of Oklahoma um, like uh, in I forget what it said exactly in the wording but um, something along the lines of um, it's uh, negotiable if, or you can make you can make laws against agriculture if the state of Oklahoma has a uh, has an interest, yeah, uh, in, in it or something it. Like, like that. Yeah. And it's like that's so ambiguous. Right. There's going to be so right. much money pumped into the, the um, to lawyers and a court uh, a court case on that. Exactly Who's right. benefiting from that? You know, yeah, right. all this money being wasted. And that's you're right. Um, you could so if yeah, for instance, if state question seven 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 were to pass, the only way that there could be regulation is uh, they call it a compelling interest. Yes, yes, yes. That if the it. state has a compelling interest to be like, okay, this is going to pollute the waterways. Okay, then, and it, the only way to convince anyone of that compelling interest is yeah to take it to a judge yeah but what's what's messed up about that is it's basically it's going to negate the some of the protections we already have in mm-hmm. these cases there are already certain things in motion and in place to protect our waterways and things from bad practices so the right to farm basically clears the clears the table and says no everything's okay now under the guise of that's your right to farm but at the same time so now what we're doing, we're making it harder for us to protect ourselves later. Because mm-hmm. now exactly. the process got right. more complicated. Yeah. Because now we're fighting against a constitutional amendment as opposed to, you know, trying to repeal crazy legislation or something. Like yeah. That. Like it's just, trying to keep pollution out of our drinking water. <laughs> it's, a, it's also, I think, one of the driving forces behind these billboards that have been going up across the country because the... One of the things that people are arguing that are in support of this bill are worried that like PETA is going to come in and make all these regulations that now makes it harder for me to raise chickens. Because now I've got these whiny little bitches from PETA that are going to come in and tell me how to treat these animals. And they don't want anybody coming in making those regulations. So there's these billboards that have been cut up and it shows animals starting from left to right. There's like like a dog and a cat and a horse. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, and and then there's like a chicken and a cow and a pig. And it's like, where do you draw the line (laughs) on which one of these animals you can treat like crap, you know? 
Um, so it's like, you know, you can't treat, you know, dogs and cats terribly. Those are our pets, but you know, you can cram 80 chickens into a little box with no sunlight. We're okay with that. You know, I saw a really great, uh, just to veer off topic on that. Somebody modified that. I saw that. And they drew lines and they described where you were in your life at where, so like all the way to the left, which basically was every animal was like post-apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> and then somewhere in the middle was like normal day. And then somewhere off to the right was something else, like some time that kind of hard. And then all the way to the right where you basically didn't eat any animal was you're trying to bang that hot vegan chick. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of truth behind that. So, so depending on the day of the week or how the, you know, the, the society is doing in the general could determine where that line gets drawn. You know. So you, you played this song at the Capitol? Yeah, well, yeah, actually. Because you had an interesting experience there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we went up there. I got invited uh, by Lucy Swanson from uh, the Arts in Guthrie, which is a very uh, great organization. Yeah. Um, and uh, my wife's actually on the board for the Arts in Guthrie. Uh, she invited me to go up there. And, uh, and this was for OK for the Arts Day. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, went up there. It was a very interesting experience. <clears throat> the whole place is just kind of buzzing during the session, you know. Uh, lots going on, especially during Oklahoma's for the Arts. Uh, there, it was it was a packed house. Oh, wow. Uh, and we had an idea to play this the song there and do a video of it and post it, uh, and we did. But there was some wind interference outside, and there was too loud inside, so it just didn't really work out for us. Well, you know, Oklahoma is where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. Really? So, yeah, that's oh, interesting. Weird. Anyway, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> the capital would be the epicenter that's for that. Right. Probably a lot of hot air going around there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, it also, it, it sent me a, a, a link online and it said, do you want us to make an a, appointment to meet your legislator? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. So, because I had sent some emails back and forth uh, to him. And so I went in and meet him. And what, what's his name? Uh, his name is Jason Murphy. Jason Murphy. District Rep- 31. Representative Murphy. Representative Murphy. And he, uh, anyway, I went in there. And uh, I went in there because I wanted to talk to him about funding for the art programs in our schools. And the conversation kind of took a bigger, it opened up a bigger can of worms than I was really intending for it to. Uh, But my goal was to say uh, art, when when kids practice art and when, when kids are able to engage, in, in, in art in many different ways, whether it's performing art or uh, uh, visual art or whatever, um, their, their brains are conditioned to be able to think creatively. And so it's not just like, oh, well, you train them to do art and they can go off and be get art jobs, you know, or be professional <laughs> musicians. No, it's not exactly about that. It's about more conditioning their brains to think creatively because that creativity leads to uh, ingenuity and ingenuity leads to a a developing industry. You know, Uh, Mm. uh, my dad has three patents because he was able to think creatively and uh, uh, design some products for the geothermal. I think some of it was geothermal and in the wool field. Uh, But we, we got to talking about that and it was kind of like, 
well, we don't have enough, uh, enough funding to be able to handle these art programs and everything. And uh, it was interesting at one point he said, energy revenue accounts for one seventeenth of our state's budget. And it's not really that much if you think about it. It is a lot of money, but this is his case. It's, it's not really that much if you think about it. And my argument was if they pay taxes like they should be paying, then we, it would account for more of our budget and right. we, would be able, we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in right now. And that's when it, it went, well, you know, the media, and, and this is what Jason Murphy's saying, the, the media actually uh, is, is the ones behind these rumors like this. Things aren't really as bad as everyone thinks they are. It's just the media uh, instigating it, basically. And I had to stop it, but I said, no, this is actually my life that I'm living. <laughs> I said, I don't even hardly watch the news because I'm working all the time because I have to to support my family. I got a sister that works at the History Center that's getting furloughed. She's not working like she used to. She hasn't had a raise in seven or eight years or however long. You know, uh, my dad's uh, been laid off. Fortunately, he just got a, a job after being laid off for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, my wife has had major cutbacks at her job uh, because of the economies the way it is. And in the meantime, I'm sending my daughter into a school system where there's going to be, what, 40 kids per classroom Jesus. now? Or who knows what if they even have a teacher? Who knows even who that teacher's going to be if it's somebody like me that just came in off of the street? Um, and actually, speaking of that... Uh, he started talking about for for some reason I, I was I was talking about how uh, I had very little time uh, to be as involved with the community and with the legislative process as I'd like to be. I had very little time to be involved in my child's development because I had I had to work all the time just to be able to pay the bills. And um, and he said, "Well, you're you're going to school, right?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to school right now." And uh, he said, "Well." Once you, once you got, he started trying to like, I guess, coach me through, I don't know, do some life coaching or it's something. Be a counselor or something? Yeah. Well, he was, he, yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he was like, uh, he was like, well, once you get out of school, you'll be able to get a better job and you'll be able to work less hours and take care of your family. And huh. that's why I said, oh, actually I'm in school to be a teacher. <laughs> so, so, and he kind of, his face kind of turned then because he knew our, our conversation wasn't, wasn't going towards a vote for him. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. But and, and then the teaching thing, we started talking about that, and he started talking about the media again and how it blows that out of proportion. No, that's just like what that, media? Did he, did he get specific? No. You know, and that's something that's funny, too, because, like, you see articles come out from the, about all this stuff. And lately, actually, our news outlets have been been doing a better job about being right. a, little, a little bit more, better. A little have, more detailed. Yeah. But the reality is I, we've been up at the Capitol a number of times during this whole ordeal and it's like what surprises me the most about that place is the lack of media right yeah. like when the when they're in session and they're on the floor there's like no one in there actually paying attention to what's going yeah. on so the fact that they even keep trying oh it's the media it's a blame some deal it also irks me to no end uh, your comment or, or his comment about well once you graduate you'll get a better job and that's <laughs> That's, That's so one. out of touch with reality. Yeah. So out of touch with reality, especially when now we know with the budget that's been, I don't even understand where we're at at this point, but 16% of 
cut to higher education. I'm higher education, been there for seven years. Similar situation to your sister. It's like, been there for seven years. There's no such thing as a raise. We've been cutting operational budgets every year. And that's just the media talking, right? right. And it's, it's not year, your real life. I mean, and they told right, us at the beginning of, of the session of, of the school year this year that like the budget was so bad. UCO last year had done a really good job of its own rainy day fund and was able to basically mm-hmm. buffer the, the brunt of the a hit. A lot of schools doing outstanding jobs, actually. Yeah. And so basically they were like, well, yeah, so the last couple of years we really haven't taken the hit, even though we've taken the hit. Like you guys haven't seen it. They're like, but if this keeps going... We're going to see it. Mm-hmm. And 16% is so much bigger of a cut than we've ever taken. Usually it's like 3%. So, And does the, that money come back? No. No, it doesn't. No, it gets but cut. But here's the and, thing. The, the universities at this point, UCO specifically, I can say, have been trimmed so far to their bone. Now, you could argue that there are other ways they could use their money better or streamline things. Like on the things, street. Or- but whatever. Point is, is from their point of view, they've cut so far to the bone that at this point, their view is operational budget, which they can't cut anymore, which means they can't not have classes. So now we're into staff, we're into salary, we're Survival. into, yeah, it's like, so people are going to lose their jobs next year from UCO. The other part that I was actually getting to is that cut, what that does is if the school doesn't have the money from the state, that means they raise tuition and raise fees mm-hmm. to the students, which means those people that are going to school like yourself, your tuition's going up, which means your student loans are going which up. Means your which means going your debt's up. going up. Which means, okay, yeah, you're going to come out and maybe get a better job. Maybe. Like, that's probably like a 20% or less kind right. of a thing at this point. But it's going to be completely offset by the fact that you have this much higher debt that you're paying back. So even if you're making 80 grand a year, well, a good chunk of that's going to go away every month to pay off your student loan for the next 30 years. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that whole rhetoric is just and, and when and, and when tiring. i mentioned that to representative murphy i i tried to form a more compelling case because i said you know we have family members outside of the state of oklahoma that are actively trying to get me and my tax paying dollars out of oklahoma to move somewhere else to get a better job as a teacher um in arkansas fort smith arkansas and my wife's uh stepmother was a teacher in in Guthrie and now she's in Fort Smith and she's just doing way better. Um, And he said, well, actually teachers in Oklahoma really don't have it. Um, it, It's, it's pretty comparable to be, to start out as a teacher in Oklahoma as it is uh, in Texas or Arkansas or any of the surrounding (laughs) states. And I said, well, if that's the case then I mean, we're all screwed basically. Right. Which I know it's not the case, but uh, uh, close to the case. It's, it's just ridiculous. Well, I would love to be able to go to work next week, and if my boss were to come up to me and say, hey, John, your, your production numbers are low, I want to be like, well, you know what? They're actually fine. It's just yeah, it's the media, just the media. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes you think that my production numbers are low. And don't, don't try to put that responsibility on me. Yeah. I don't think so. You're the one. You're the one that's thinking about this wrong. Yeah. I mean, this that's up. not gonna. That's probably not gonna fly. Yeah. But in Oklahoma, we let that kind of stuff fly. Well, you know, we had another friend, uh, Julia, who went into, uh, you know, Julia. She went oh. into the Capitol and uh, 
she basically made a similar case as, as I made, except with her representative. And her representative basically told her the same thing, except he had charts and graphs that he had prepared to back up his scenario. Like, wow, you've been putting a lot of work into this. Here's a graph of Jeez. my lie to you. you know? That reminds yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That reminds me of something. Uh, I don't. It wasn't here in Oklahoma, I don't think, but it was a few months ago. I saw that somebody was making this case on the floor of some legislator somewhere. It might have been national. I don't know. But they brought out these charts to do it. And the lady stops, stops and was like, hold on. You're just showing us a graph. Like, where did this data come from? Like, where did you get this information? And he was like, well, da, 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 Facebook. Da. and there was like, and ultimately it went out like, yeah, like the graph was just BS. <laughs> it was just a graph. It was, it was just like, complete BS. And the whole mindset behind it was, well, if we bring this well-prepared sure. graph, they'll look at it yeah. and go, oh, oh you know, yeah, it's a graph. Is that a look, PowerPoint the template? The graph is going up. Yeah, okay, great. great. That's Thanks just like a meme that, uh, Breitbart, is that how you say it? That they started yesterday on Facebook when Obama went to, um, what Japanese city did he go to? Hiroshima? He to yeah. He went to Hiroshima, and all of a sudden you see people talking about how they can't believe that Obama went over there and gave the speech where he apologized for us. Drop it. It's like, I okay, well, hold on, that. let's go and read the speech and listen to it. It's like, he didn't, he said nothing like that. He said nothing even close to the sort if, of an apology. And then all of a sudden you start seeing all of these. You know, conservative right-wing people that know nothing about country. politics, <laughs> that all they know to do is just bash other politicians, and they start spreading this meme. Not providing any solutions. Yeah. No. They just start sending out this meme that says Obama went to Hiroshima and apologized for Obama. It's like, no, no he didn't. What's that crazy? Not, you just totally made it up. That, that is totally fabricated, because the whole point, and I, I heard this time and time again, is that even before they went, they spent so much time preparing and telling the Japanese people that we're not going to be apologizing. Right. We're going to be paying our respects to the people of Japan and the horrific tragedy that occurred in, what, 45, 1945? Yeah. And they made that perfectly clear they made on every very media clear. source that mm -hmm. I listened to. And, uh, and, and, and still, e even after the fact, even after it happened, Obama didn't apologize. Right. Like yeah, that brought up an interesting to. fact that I, that I had learned a long time ago, but I had forgotten about. You know, before we dropped the atom bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we warned them like several yeah. times. Like, we're about to blow up your we entire did. fucking city. We so if any civilians want to get out, go because it's yeah. coming. In their defense, they may have had some people holding them back from leaving. That's the true. Probably. Well, and that too, remember that these weapons had never been used before. Yeah. So that kind of a guess, claim was like, yeah, shut up. Like, yeah. You can't blow up. But I mean, that's kind of, you I mean, know, I'm not saying that's, that's what it was, but they were slightly considerate mm. about the, yeah. but now you've got all these hate mongers out there. That, be about <laughs> thermonuclear warfare. If you were to try to get into a, a conversation with these people, the, they would sit here and wave a finger in your face and tell you how wrong you are because no, he did go over there and apologize. Like it doesn't, it really just like, just like with well, what's his nuts, Trump. It, must it be. literally does not matter what actually happened. The reality of what happened makes no difference. What matters is how hateful I can be and how much I can convince you that I think you're an idiot because you don't believe what I believe. Yeah. People so jump right out of logical no discourse and go straight to hate. So how do you how do you fight something like that when somebody says it doesn't matter what the truth is? It only matters what I think the truth is. Whether it's real or not. I think that goes back to my point of, of 
try to reach out, try to try to empathize with people, you know, right. try to reach out to you in your neighborhoods and in your communities and start planting seeds to people to be able to so that they can they can start thinking about each other and we can start taking care of each other again. And instead of, uh, you know, me trying to figure out all the ways that you're an asshole and you trying to figure out all right. the ways that I'm an asshole, you know, and so maybe instead of thinking of how do we reach across you know, the aisle, we need to start figuring out how to reach across the fence in our own backyard. Yeah, yeah. Start there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, tear that's a, down that's the actually wall. A really, <laughs> that's actually a really, really good point that I have not heard made. Mm-hmm. Reach out to your neighbors first and then as opposed to like, you know, trickle right. down economics just doesn't work. There's a kind of be like trickle up, you know, humanity. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, when we're when, like I said before, when we're building stronger neighborhoods, we're building stronger communities. And when we're, when right. we're building stronger communities, right. we're building a stronger state because we're having better, yeah. better legislators and better leaders. Well, it's another up way to, to us. And another way to think about that, too, the exact same thing. As we talked about lobbyists earlier, you've mentioned about your time. It's like you might be able to go talk to your neighbor for five minutes and find out that they're a Joel Mostman who's on the road 70 hours a week who might be a different political affiliation than you but is struggling with that exact same shit mm-hmm. you're struggling with. And then you can go and basically be a lobbyist for you, you yeah. your neighbors. Like there's no reason that you can't walk into your rep's office and be like, oh, by the way, not only am I here to talk to you about this stuff, I also talked to my 50 neighbors mm-hmm. and they all agree on the same yeah. thing. So listen to what we're saying. And I, so, I sort of mentioned that when I went in there too, because I – when I went in there, I wanted to talk about the arts, uh, to, to talk to Jason Murphy. I wanted to talk about the arts, but it was like there were so many things going on in my mind that my final conclusion that I came to is like, look, I just want to tell you how I'm feeling about things, and I want to tell you how all of my family and friends are feeling about things and the perspective that we're getting from it. And right. um, if, if they knew – and it's like you say, how much how – much time do they really have to be able to represent all the constituents that they have in in their respective districts you know uh how much how much time do they have because they're having to weave and uh bob through all this bureaucracy and mess uh um, that that you know some of it is necessary like i say some of it's absolutely ridiculous but how much time do they have to be able to accurately represent their constituents so instead they're having to rely on the opinions of uh, you know corporate lobbyists and yeah. whoever else, but I will tell you this: uh, you, you, I, I send, I'll send out emails. I'm a, I'm a letter writer. If I think think something's wrong with a business or uh, you know with a legislator or whatever, I'll type them up a, a, a quick email message. It's really easy to find email addresses and phone numbers online. Uh, it's 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 really. People think, well, I got to sit down and I got to figure out exactly what I'm going to say and I got to do an introduction and body. Yeah. And no, <laughs> you just sit down and th- three to five minutes. I wrote yeah. a letter. I wrote a letter to President Obama in about five minutes one day and I just sent it off. A couple months later, somebody from his staff sent me a letter back, you know? And every time I've sent, a, I've sent an email to one of our uh, legislators, I've gotten a response back. I, most of the time it's not a response that I want back, Yeah, but at, at least it's a response. You go in there. I heard you guys talking on one of your podcasts one day about um, how easy it is to get into the Capitol. I mean, yeah, you got to walk through a metal detector, but when your representatives are there, 
you can go into their office yes, and can. just yeah. Yeah. ask their secretary. They're just sitting right there. Can I talk to them? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. You know, and you can talk to them. Just easy. You can set up appointments with them. It's easy, easy to do that. And uh, again, it's not always easy to find the time to do that. But um, if more people would do it, then yeah. they could have a better representation. Of, uh, we could have a more accurate representation. Well, let's uh, let's get you to play yeah, this song. Let's, let's hear let's hear a song. Now that we've uh, gotten our rants and raves out, let's uh, let's have some tunage. Right, let's have the name of the song again. The name of the song is Talking Oklahoma Blues. Talking Oklahoma Blues. Which is kind of what we've been doing. We've been talking. We have been talking. We've got the Oklahoma Blues. And our couch is blue. Couch is blue. And the one of the walls in the office is blue. Da ba dee, do ba dee, da dee, And Rachel's wearing blue. There's been a lot of singing in our episodes recently. But this time we got a professional. Harmonica. Give her a toot there. Well, the mouth of Oklahoma's dry. Begs a drink from the stingy sky, so the clouds whip it up like a cheap cocktail. Whip bets are broken two by fours, some cedar trees and dresser drawers comes burning like a freight train through the back door. Now I ain't got no freighty hole, I'm broke like Henry Dave Thoreau, and my Walden Pond is just a dried up hole. Since my house got blown away, I went to work to get my pay, but the boss man wasn't nowhere to be found. They said he's at the barber shop to cut his hair and cut my job, just take a little off the side, he says. Cause it's all about that bottom line, it's squeezing sweat from every dime, us upper crusters gotta eat some too. Well, some of us do. The rest of us are just robots, feet on greed. He's my pain and he gave me 16 pills a day And then he said he had to go cause he had a date well, His date was a prescription rep And he said don't forget to read the side effects And if you can't read, well I got something for that too I said, what do you mean hooked on phonics? He said, <laughs> hooked on something company woman and asked the receptionist how much to owe him and she started running numbers into a machine. She said $500 for the doctor fee and another $500 for the clozapine and another $100 just because you had to ask. I said, that's fine. Here's my health insurance. She said, insurance? Oh, honey, they canceled you as soon as you walked into the door. I was half berated, the other half was plum sedated, so I forgot what I was mad about in the first place. Well, I fell asleep in the parking lot and got called a vagrant by the cops, and they hauled me off to finish my nap in a jail cell. 
Well, I woke up in a courtroom with the judges screaming across the room, saying what a bad, bad man I'd been. I said, yes, sir, your honor, that's no joke. If by bad you mean I'm busted, broke, and homeless with a mile of debt to boot. I said, if you put me in a jail cell, well, I guess that'd be just as well, because I'd have more there than I do right here, right now. So they locked me up. They locked me up, and the warden said, welcome home. So thanks, America, for the cot in this nice hotel of hard knocks. Your tax dollars keep the bills paid around here. But your money'd be much better spent if it don't let that next tornado get another life and home in its path. Good luck with that. Woo! Very nice. Fantastic. Well done, sir. That story uh, hits close to home. <laughs> Thank you. I wrote it at home. That's not funny. Tornadoes hit people's homes all the time. I'm sorry. Wow. Steve. Now I'm down. <laughs> Low blow. But yeah, I mean, that, that song sums it all up perfectly. It does. 100%. That Thank describes you. a lot of people's lives. Well, and you, while you might not have been the first interview, you've been the first performance yes. in the studio. So yeah, that's you right. You were the first yes. music performance hey, in the new studio. I'm honored. Thank you very much for that. We're honored. This is great. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, it sums everything up beautifully yeah. that, that we've been through in the past few months. You know, I... I'm just a regular dude. I drive a semi truck, play guitar, love being with my family. Uh, I don't, I don't claim to be a political expert or anything, but when we can go out and make a difference, we need to figure out every way that we can to do that. We need to stop focusing on the problems and start focusing on a solution. Now, obviously, that song presented a whole bunch of problems, mm -hmm. but I can say that. I do want to actively try to go out and, and make a change. And actually, that's kind of one of the reasons uh, one of the reasons I started up a, a band that I'm with called Oklahoma Uprising is because, well, for one, I wanted to play music, and I've been playing music with these guys uh, for a while, on and off. And uh, we got all these original tunes. A lot of them are like that. Some of them are, are other style tunes, uh, uh, blues and rock and roll and, and whatever else. But I wanted, I wanted to play music, but I didn't want to just be playing music for the sake of playing music, especially since I have very little time. I wanted to be going out there and actually making a difference with my music. So right now we're in the very beginning stages of trying to incorporate the community into our shows more. Um, and I have many, many ideas about how to do that. Um, cross-promotion between local businesses and music uh, in order to support local charities and things like that. Inviting uh, legislators to shows to be able to, um, to talk uh, to their constituents or whoever's there to just be able to get an idea of what's going on. Uh, promoting um, uh, local goods, uh, local art, local photography, um, having local vendors at our shows. Uh, to be able to um, support uh, progress and, and just to be able to help each other out and 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 cultivate a better community, you know. And that's why I named the band Oklahoma Uprising because it's an it's an uprising for the neighborhoods to come up in the communities, like I was the theme I was talking about earlier. 
an uprising for the communities to come up in the state, an uprising for the state of Oklahoma. You know, it's like the let's fix this movement, right? It's, right. it's, let's change this. I don't want to leave Oklahoma. I, and a lot we're of people don't do. either. You know, we're my don't. family's from here. And my we're family not leaving, lives so. here. Yeah, I'm not leaving either. And, uh, but at the same time, it's our respons responsibility to do something. You know. It is. Well, thank you very much. For yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. So much. This has been fantastic. And uh, everybody remember to vote in November. I want to, for real quick, I want to plug something because I recently found out about this and it's, it's going to be more important coming November. Badvoter.org uh, is a website that was actually started by a guy here locally. Uh, the most important part about it, though, is it instructs you on how to sign up for ballots by mail. And when I learned about this, it blew my mind because I didn't know. You sign up for this and they will mail you every ballot you can vote on in advance of the election. So you can actually opt to vote by mail wow. or you can simply get the ballot in advance so you can look at it and research it and know right. what it is you're about to go vote for the coming election. Mm -hmm. So plus the other foreign part of the site is you can go and put your name in and it'll basically tell you whether or not you suck as a voter, depending on when the last time you voted was. <laughs> it was kind of fun because it's like you go on there and call your friends out. Like, hey, I put your name in. It says you haven't voted in six years. Yeah. Stop it. Get get up. Let's go. Hey, I'm going on to let's go together. You know, a lot of people don't realize, too, you can go to the uh, your county election board and you can get sample ballots about two weeks prior to yeah. your elections. You can get on the website. Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, legislature.com or something like that yeah. and you can dot uh, gov yeah dot gov yeah. probably and you can find out when the upcoming elections are and it's real i do it every time you go to the election board you get a sample ballot and you can get online and you can read about all the different people that are running yeah. for office and i guess maybe this voter by mail thing is basically that same process they mm -hmm. just mail it to you instead yeah. of having even so like once you sign up all the work is basically done for you, you just yeah. check your mail regularly and that's fantastic. It's hard to make any excuses. That That's way. right. Yeah. There are no excuses. I'd also like to plug my website. Oklahoma, oh, yeah, please. OklahomaUprising.com. And we're uh, Twitter at OkieUprising and Facebook.com slash OklahomaUprising. So come check us out. we got tunes. we got videos up. Uh, and we're about to have a whole lot more up. And if you have any if you have any questions about how you can be involved in your community, how to be more involved with your state, just send me an email or give me a call and, uh, or, or these guys or the Wafty guys too, any of us would, would be more than happy yeah, to point I mean, you in you the know, right never direction. Really put that out there before, but if you've ever heard us talk about something and want more information, feel free to message us. No, I, I recently had a friend reach out to me. He wanted to go to like fix this, but he was unsure about how to oh, maneuver around the Capitol. He goes, well, will you go with me? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. John over here, he's the one that showed me where my rep's office oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'll show you. It's over here. <laughs> I already know my way around this place. So, yeah. so the session's over, but November is coming, and this is we have a big opportunity to... And you can find out online who also is is all running right now, who all has registered uh, to run for right. office. So check that out and, and find out who it is. And also, you don't have to vote out every incumbent. Nope. You know, no, there's you some of them you want still in there. And you don't have to vote your party. And either. you don't have to vote your party yeah. if you don't want to. And look please. at what people are saying and what they're promising and what their platforms are, and judge it based on them. A political you're party not Democrat is, and you're not Republican. Republic, you're yeah. a freaking human being. A political party being. is not who you are. An individual. It does not identify you. And if, and if the candidate of your party is Satan himself, 
It doesn't mean you have to vote for him just because he's running for your party. You can vote for the other party. We won't judge you. And don't <laughs> don't believe stuff you read on Facebook and memes. Stop. Stop it. They're, or, none of them are true. If you're affected by what you read, at least go research it. Yeah, research you. it. Go find there what the are no transgender people coming after you in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and You're don't, safe, guys. And don't present a problem unless you can find a solution, like right. taking out, taking down all the bathroom signs at the state capitol. I think that would be great. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. All, all right, right, before we get on that topic, thanks again, Joel. Thank you so Thank much, Thank you wonderful. guys for having me. It was great. Wonderful. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome! That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show. Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. We'll see you next week. I'll be free. Get the wild